Hey everybody, it's your boy Buzz from Bulls on Tap and Socks on Tap, brought to you by ontapsportsnet.com. And I want to talk to you about something. These podcasts are now presented by Manscaped. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin safe technology so you don't nick your balls or any other sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping and handling on all your manscaping needs. White Sox fans, and welcome back into Sox on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, and I've got Tony Marchese with me here this afternoon. Tony, it's a reaction episode. Uh, we got some news to talk about, but first of all, how are you doing, my man? Hey, uh, I'm just happy we're talking about White Sox news today, Johnny. That's uh, that's a good thing to be doing in, in December. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been, you know, pretty cold and understandably so. Uh, stuff usually doesn't pick up till the winter meetings. Uh, but last year we were spoiled a little bit. Uh, had the Osmani Grandal signing before Thanksgiving. Turkeys even went in the oven. So that was exciting last year. This year a little bit colder. Obviously the pandemic market too uh, plays a factor in that. But the White Sox are wasting no time, uh, Tony. They are making moves. Um, let's talk about the first one because when we had queued this episode up, um, it was going to be called Lin It to Win It um, because that was the one major acquisition. Didn't realize the next one would be happening so fast after that. But let's touch on that first one. White Sox acquire Lance Lynn from the Texas Rangers in exchange for Dane Dunning and Avery Weems. Uh, they also inquired about Sonny Gray from the Reds, uh, but that never materialized. And then the Lance Lynn trade did. So initial thoughts, Tony, reaction. White Sox getting Lance Lynn. You know, initial thoughts, Johnny, I think uh, I'm going to steal your words from uh, last night. You told me that uh, Lance Lynn is cool and tough, and yes, he is. Uh, is. You're talking about a front-of-the-line starter that the White Sox badly needed. You've got a guy coming in here who is going to be uh, someone that you can trust in the playoffs, someone that you can trust down the stretch to give you a bulk load of innings, and that's going to help the bullpen tremendously. That's going to help with uh, things like we saw in that Oakland A's series where you just don't know who to go to as your number three. Well, that problem is now solved. You've got Lance Lynn. I think the price, Dane Dunning, was was more than fair. You've got a, a young kid um, who's had some injury trouble, who came back up to the majors, started to prove himself. Perfect time to trade that kind of player um, and get a good return. Now, I know it's only a one-year deal that you have on Lynn right now, and a lot of people are going to be talking about, well, what if Dane Dunning turns into a stud and, uh, you know, all the hypotheticals out there. This was a win-now move. This is the type of thing that you like to see from an organization that's close right now, close to contention for a World Series title. And I, I love the move, Johnny. I'll, I'll turn it over to you. 
I echo your thoughts, Tony. I, I like the move a lot as well um, for all those reasons that you mentioned. Uh, it's a proven commodity, and I think that is the biggest thing. Uh, Dane Dunning, still a lot of uncertainty. What, he started seven games this season for the White Sox, and yes, he did look, he picked up two wins, uh, looked good, was able to, um, you know, command the zone very well, which is, you know, surprising uh, because a lot of the other young prospects that have come up have had command issues uh, immediately. So um, he, he's not a big strikeout stuff pitcher though uh, Dane Dunning is so we're getting back in uh, Lance Lynn is like you said that lockdown uh, guy and you know we, we talk about him here as number three just because we've had uh, Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel obviously uh, they're still going to be around and they were really solid last year both of them but the um, way Lance Lynn could even bump up and be your number two there I mean it just depends on how things shake out during the season so I mean that's the kind of potential you're getting in this so um, I love the move it is win now like you mentioned the one-year contract so um, at some point though that, that's what you know what that's what makes Dane Dunning didn't get traded um because only his whatever seven starts that he looked decent in uh this year for the white Sox, he got traded because he's under control through what like 2026 i think um Mm -hmm. so yeah uh at least you know arbitration through them before he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 27 so yeah i I like the move uh first initial thoughts here and it's a uh uh, win now move. So that's the biggest thing for me. Um, I just touch on a little bit of Lynn's stats here. Um, last year in 2020, um, six and three, 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 two ERA, four, one, nine, FIP, uh, 89 strikeouts, 9.5 K per nine, um, 2.2 B war, 1.5 F war. And that was over 84 innings and 13 starts, both of which led the league. He finished fifth in AL Cy Young voting in 2019 and sixth this past season. And just reference, uh, Dallas Keuchel finished fifth this year in Giolito seven. So it's pretty damn good. One, two, three there, Tone. That is a pretty damn good one, two, three, Johnny. I'm just looking at that right there. And you've got guys who are sniffing around the Cy Young award. In, in the top of your rotation, uh, there's not much more than you can ask for. Um, we now have a solid one, two, three, and there's plenty of guys that are on the roster already who could fill in four and five, and I don't think that the White Sox should rest on that either. I want to say keep, keep the foot on the gas. A uh, name that I talked about uh, with uh, NWI Steve on the last show, a guy like an Adam Wainwright to come in here, maybe be a long reliever, somebody who's a little bit versatile, almost in that Gio Gonzalez-type role last year. Uh, to shore up the rotation, you cannot have enough depth in the starting pitching. And and we know that. We know injuries happen. Uh, but, you know, going into 21, man, there is there is not a rotation out there that I don't think that the White Sox can compete with in a three-game set, five-game set. They are, they are right there with anybody. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, Tony. Um, you know, it, it's interesting that um, – you talk about some volatility there. And one thing that I like with Lance Lynn is there's not a whole lot of volatility because he was, like I mentioned, that 84 innings and 13 starts both led the league. Um, fairly durable. Um, I, I don't, I'd have to dive more into the past, but I don't think, you know, you're going to get a guy that's going to be injury plagued like a Gio Gonzalez was this year. And I know these guys are feeling different roles here. Um, but it's, a you know, like I said, proven commodity. I, th- I think that's the biggest thing that gives me assurance that this is the right move to make in trading for him. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about that too, Johnny, I'm, I'm just looking at his baseball reference page. You'd have to go back to 2011 when he was uh, just entering the, the league, uh, to see a guy that, that hasn't, he's thrown more than a hundred innings every single, every single year out. Uh, most of those coming around 175 to 200 innings pitched every single year. Uh, outside of 2020, where obviously a shortened season, he still went 84 innings. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just a guy who's going to give you consistent innings over and over and over again. And, you know, you just look up and down. 
his his baseball reference page and nothing really jumps out of you like he, he there's no like bad bad season you know what i mean it's just it's consistent body of work it's the type of pitcher that you want to bring in here he's established you don't really have to fix much with him um whereas you do have in the back end of that rotation a couple of guys that uh you're gonna have to work with to get some stuff out of like a dylan c some michael kopech um you're gonna have to get those guys to grow here here is a finished product just inserted right into your rotation that that's a winning move johnny I think what one thing that I'm going to piggyback off of from your point there, Tony, is I think this is big for Michael Kopech because you're not thrusting him into that. We need you to be this lockdown guy and part right. of this top three right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's been, what, two years since he's really thrown in a competitive game. Um, obviously, he did throw in the beginning of spring training before that was canceled due to COVID uh, this past season and then obviously opted out of the season. But him coming back uh, after all of that, I believe that takes a little bit of the heat off of him. And, you know, uh, that's probably something that we probably would have gotten a little testy about here at Sox on Tap if they had not added someone like Lynn uh, into this mix because we'd be expecting so much more from Kopech that when the inevitable letdown happens, uh, we would be down in the dumps once again. Right. Exactly, Johnny. And and I like that because, you know, you're essentially replacing a Carlos Rodon here with Lance Lynn, and that's a major, major upgrade to your rotation um, from what you're looking at from those guys. Um, You know, one's proven, one's established. You got another guy who's just never gotten anything consistent out of him. Um, so I looked at this more as almost like a Rodon replacement than than giving up Dunning because I still kind of had Dunning in my prospect camp where we did not know what we were going to get out of him. Um, and yeah, uh, th- there is some arguments that can be made, Johnny, if you if you flip it around, you could say, hey, this is a one year deal if the White Sox don't go out and supplement this. And we'll talk about it more in a minute if they don't go out and supplement the Lynn move with all the other key pieces in order to win. Why did you do that? Rick Hahn has always talked about keeping that quote unquote window of contention open for as long as possible. And all the sustained success talk that we've heard over and over again. And this move kind of can fly in the face of that a little bit, but it all, he also has said at times we were going to go out and acquire players to help us get to that promised land. When the time comes, this was a clear signal that the white Sox are looking at this year as a, year where they can go to the world series and win it but that's why you trade players like that this is more reminiscent johnny to me of a trade deadline move and Mm -hmm. a rental player with maybe the option that lance lynn can sign a deal and stick around longer if he likes it here but at the same point in time you can't argue with the facts with like that you needed another big name starter to go out there in game three or game two of a playoff series, which is where the White Sox should be this fall, you needed somebody like a Lance Lynn, and you probably would have paid a little bit more at the deadline to get him than a Dane Dunning, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, definitely. And there were stipulations at the deadline, too. I don't know if you saw that report. I believe it was Ken Rosenthal um, yes. who, who had mentioned those and said that Lynn, and I don't think the White Sox would have been one of these teams, but just the hangups that come with, with you know, um, the, the obviously weird season that we had uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, but Lance Lynn said that he would have opted out of the rest of the season if he was traded to an unfavorable, uh, you know, landing spot. So, I mean, I don't think that would have been the White Sox, you know, if that would have been. But like you said, they, they probably would have paid more uh, 
uh, at the deadline for him because then you'd be getting that run uh, plus that extra season then that would be yep. 2021. So um, just factors to take into consideration here. Uh, one last thing on Lynx, I do want to talk a little bit about Dunning and Weems, um, who is going uh, to the Texas Rangers here. But last thing on Lynn is uh, pretty funny that, uh, you know, things coming full circle here. Uh, debuted with the Cardinals in Tony LaRusse's last season uh, in St. Louis, 2011, and they happened to win a World Series that year. So, um, you know, just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, just a little that, foreshadowing. That little tie. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Speak it into um, existence, Johnny. Exactly. We got to here. All right, so uh, Dane Dunning and Weems here, Avery Weems, um, one that people might not know about. Uh, let's start with Dunning, though. 2020, uh, 2-0, 3.97 ERA, 3.99 FIP. Uh, 35 strikeouts, 9.3 Ks per nine, uh, 0.1 B war, 0.7 F war. And that was over 34 innings, seven starts. Um, I would say this is just my opinion, but I would say he's a three, you know, four at his ceiling. And he's also about to turn 26. Um, so that, that's, you know, yes, sure. He is controlled through 2026 and you'll have him through that, you know, prime, I, I guess, but, uh, you know, about to turn 26, it's how much better can you really get? That'd be my question with Dane Dunning there. Yeah, Dane Dunning's stuff, though, Johnny, in my opinion, does lend him to to uh, the type of player that can be consistent uh, mm-hmm. late into his career. He's not exactly, you know, an overpowering pitcher uh, by any means in, in that stretch, but he, he seems to have a good baseball head on him. Um, I think the, that the Rangers are going to get a, a good quality player. Probably not somebody that's going to ever touch the amount of, of work that uh, Lance Lynn has, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, we have to look at this and say this was pretty close to as fair of a trade that we could have made um, just on paper. I mean, I, neither of us have a crystal ball. We don't know if Dave Dunning's going to be a Cy Young Award winner. But, you know, Lance Lynn has come close five, six in the last year in voting. Um, you're getting, like we've mentioned over and over again, just a solid workhorse. And the White Sox, at some point, we're going to have to make a move to get somebody else in here that was established and give up some prospects for him. Um, I, I just, I think that this was pretty fair, pretty even, pretty good deal for the White Sox and a, and a good deal for the Rangers as well. Yeah. And uh, when, when you talk about after that season ended and we were all eyeing the off season immediately because, uh, you know, we want to get back uh, to those playoffs again and prove ourselves that, you know, we're here. Uh, we're going to be, you know, a force in the American League for years to come. Um, the number one need, it was consensus, it was starting pitching. And you go out and add that. I don't think you can be mad about that. So um, I just wanted to drop that in there, that it's a need that was addressed and addressed effectively, in my opinion, and pretty fairly, uh, as you had just uh, outlined there. So uh, other piece in this is Avery Weems uh, was, you know, probably not very well known uh, before this. I'd do a little digging on him and 29. He did not play in 2020 because there was no minor league season. Um, he's still pretty young. Uh, in 2019, though, uh, he posted a 2-0-11 uh, K through nine in 60.1 innings. Uh, that was 14 starts between the Arizona League White Sox and the Great Falls Voyagers, both rookie levels. Um, Weems was a 2019 six round pick out of Arizona. So, um, you know, th- that's a down the line move. Uh, obviously, not going to know about that for a while um, when it comes to Avery Weems there, but that was the other prospect included. So I just wanted to um, touch on that. So, um, you got any final thoughts uh, on the Lynn trade, uh, what we sent there, what we're getting back uh, before we move? Move on to the next big bit of news here. Uh, final thoughts on that one were this set the table for a for a really good offseason of of acquisitions for the White Sox, and uh, we'll get into what's next. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, my, my final thought is uh, I, I'm going to enjoy watching Lance Lynn uh, pitch for the White Sox. Uh, you got a very legitimate top three, uh, like you had said, can go up against the best of them. Uh, that's a you know division series winning uh, rotation right there. Uh, you can absolutely get it done with those three. So I like that. And like I said, I wouldn't be shocked uh, if Lance Lynn surpasses uh, one of those two guys and becomes your number two guy. Um, like I said, all depends on 2021 performance, uh, how things shake out, injuries, all of that. But uh, signs point to Lance Lynn being a productive member of that White Sox rotation. Um, uh, let's move on to the next signing here. Uh, just this, right before we were about to jump on, Tony, um, like I said, we were about to do just Lynn it to win it. Uh, no, we, we got a right field option and a bit of a surprising one. Adam Eaton is back on the south side. One year, $7 million deal with a second year term, uh, excuse me, second year team option for $8.5 million. Uh, Chuck Garfine broke that news this morning. Um, I was pretty surprised, Tony. I, I don't know about you. So here's my thoughts on this, and I'm going to I'm going to separate how I feel about Adam Eaton and former White Sox right fielder Nomar Mazzara and, and their whole body of work and everything and, and just focus on on what both of these players are currently. You've got Nomar Mazzara, a 25 year old uh, going on 26. He'll be, uh, I believe, 26 right as the season starts in April. So young guy. Um, they still had uh, Zara. Obviously, they non-tendered him uh, in 2020. Batted 228. He only hit one home run. It was a long one, so that made up for everything. Uh, but 136 at bats. Uh, he had an OBP at 295, slugged 294, and was good for negative. Point three B war. And then you've got Adam Eaton, a 32 year old, former White Sox player who didn't exactly leave on great terms, who hit 226, had a 285 OBP, and slugged 384. Also very injury prone. And you gave him the chance to start in right field over the younger option, who arguably had a better year last year. How does that in any fucking world make sense to you, Johnny? I, I just, I don't understand it. Now, if we if we know Nomar Mazar is never going to be anything, that's fine. But you also get an older, more injury-prone guy who's already had one tour here where there were issues. I'm taking the lesser of two evils on this one, Johnny. I would have stuck with Nomar Mazzara if Adam Eaton was going to be the end option for the White Sox in right field in 2021. I don't know that he really moves the needle and puts you into contention like the Lance Lynn move did. For all the reasons I was excited about the Lance Lynn move are the same reasons that I'm underwhelmed by the Adam Eaton move. And NWI Steve wrote about it back earlier on in December that the White Sox needed to get out on the open market and make some splashes in order to put this team over the top. And they started doing that. And then they took their foot off the gas with this one and went back to something that's comfortable for them. I don't know if Jerry and Adam are friends. I don't know if there has any like long history between Rick Hahn and Adam or K KW and Adam. I don't know what the reason that Adam Eaton is back on this team is. Now, that said, I wasn't an Adam Eaton hater when he had his time on the south side. I thought that he 
played the game of baseball pretty dang well. He had the same type of grit and sandpaper that you would see out of an Andrew Shaw for our beloved Chicago Blackhawks. There were times where he would irritate his opponents. He was just that rough, gritty type player that can provide your team an edge. But I'm still going back to the stat pages for the last year. And just on paper, it doesn't make sense. Luckily, baseball isn't played on paper. We'll see what happens. But that's my initial reaction to this, Johnny. I don't know where you're sitting. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I said surprised. That's still the word that I'm using here because, um, first of all, um, the White Sox were also interested in Michael Brantley and uh, Jack Peterson as well. Um, And obviously, every single player can have their, uh, you know, kind of downfalls, uh, detriments to them. Uh, But Adam Eaton had a really rough 2020 season. Now, I don't think that's going to repeat. Like you had mentioned his slash line there, four home runs, 17 ribbies, uh, 75 weighted runs created plus, yikes, uh, negative 0.9 B war, 0.5 F war. Um, That's that's a little bit concerning. And obviously the the downward trend um, that he had been on. But he did have, I will, you know, give him, he had a, Okay, uh, 2019 season, 2.3 F4 with the Nationals there. Um, And then there was the injury concerns, though, are also what really kind of irked me about this because um, you get this option, you're paying him $7 million. First of all, that's a question in and of itself. Is he worth it uh, in, you know, the kind of market that we're in right now? Like, well, I would be very interested to see uh, what some of these other free agents get, Tony. Um, but how, how often are you going to have this guy? Uh, he's had weird finger injuries. Uh, he's obviously he had the uh, ACL tear. I believe that was his, yeah, just his first season uh, after being traded over from the White Sox, his first season in Washington. And like I said, rebounded uh, in 1.9 F4 in 2018. 2.3 in uh, 2019. So, okay, decent production there for the Nationals. Um, but like you'd said, and I, I just, it, it kind of conflicts uh, a little bit of the direction uh, that you're going there because it, it doesn't really put them over the top, uh, like you'd mentioned um, after the win trade. It's not another move that's okay, we're, you know, winning it this year, and this is going to be a piece that really helps us get us there. Um, I think overall, it's tough to say. I'd like I like you said, it's not played on paper. It's not played by uh, projection. So we'll see uh, what kind of production we get from Adam Eaton here. But uh, I'm underwhelmed uh, overall. And, then, and you got the drama. That's not even taken into that. I'm just talking about on field there. You get into the um, other off field stuff. Uh, you got Ozzie Guillen, what, last year going off about how nobody liked him in the White Sox clubhouse when he was there um, just this morning. Great. Off to a roaring start, Tony. Uh, hung up. On ESPN 1000, after they asked about if Tony Larusa would have trouble relating to young players, so um, I'm underwhelmed and surprised. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm there too. And my my other question is, why now? Why now did Adam Eaton need to be signed? Did did we exhaust all options again? Yeah. Like, yep. did we exhaust That's... all options? Did did all of the right field options already disappear? from from being available like no i there's there's still plenty of names out there that could be better options than adam eaton like i i don't get the rush to make this signing right now like yep. it, were teams lining up to sign adam eaton did he did he have multiple offers and the white Sox said like this is our guy we're gonna go get him like this seems like a panic move. I, I I can understand if we're heading into February and there's still like three guys around and you don't want to pony up the fifteen million dollars to bring in, you know, the top guy who's still out there, but Adam Eaton is 
a close second, so we'll get him for seven, eight million dollars. No, th- th- this is one of the first options off the table for outfielders out of the whole entire free agency, and it's Adam Eaton to the White Sox. That that's not doing it for me, Johnny. That's not doing it at all. I I hope that there is a follow up move to this. Yeah, um, I honestly I don't know what that would be to see because obviously winter meetings are still going on this is what just the third day i believe they started briefly sunday night um yesterday obviously when the lynn deal went down uh today is the whatever day two of the big ones and then uh there's tomorrow and then ruled uh five draft i believe on thursday so um yeah it'll be interesting to see if there is anything follow-up even then it could be later in the winter uh most likely because the white Sox team uh right now they're just kind of clearing the shit out of the way um putting other stuff uh, to the back burner a little bit. Uh, at least it's the kind of vibe that I get here. I agree. I think it's rushed um, and underwhelmed. Just come back to that word again, man. Um, it's it's not the sexiest option. It's no. not the absolute worst, but it's not, it doesn't move the needle for me. So um, I am underwhelmed to say the least, and I hope Adam Eaton proves me wrong. Um, and I hope there's some sort of men there that makes things. I mean, I know it's a different team, different core than, uh, what, what was here during his time from 2014 to 16 on the South side. But, uh, man, I, I hope there's no bullshit. That's kind of, uh, you know, tearing apart a young team that seems to be building decent camaraderie here. Uh, I know that's an argument that could be used against Tony La Russa too. So, um, another, I guess a mirror of that as well. Nobody was lining up to hire Tony La Russa. The only reason Tony La Russa would ever come back is to make the White Sox because he's Jerry's friend. Um, they, they were hasty on that. They were hasty on this right field decision. So, um, and not uh, not ideal in my mind. Yeah, I'll go back though, Johnny, and I'll say if I go look at the full Adam Eaton body of work, you're getting a pretty decent ball player if he can return to somewhere between his 2017 and 2019 self. You're talking about a guy who is going to hit somewhere near 300 if you can get him up to a 280. Uh, I think you're going to be very happy with the season that you have out of Adam Eaton. Um, don't know where he fits in this batting order. Um, that That's going to remain to be seen how Tony La Russa uh, lines these guys up. But you do have a little bit of speed there uh, to supplement Tim Anderson, Nick Madrigal, Luis Robert um, on the base pass. Um, he's I wouldn't say he's a constant stolen base threat, but uh, he did get 15 of them in 2019. Uh, just four last year. Again, shortened season, but uh, those numbers were definitely trailing off uh, in 2020 as they uh, as in season. But you know, some injury concerns and maybe some age is catching up with Adam Eaton. Um, but you know, I, I just I'm not going to root against this guy, Johnny. I'm not going to I'm not going to hate on him every way until he comes out and we're getting you know a a two two hundred you know batter and not on base a lot and runs into some walls and does some other crazy shit. I I, I just want to get the over-under here. Who's going to have the most, like, scary moments in the corner outfield? Is it going to be Eloy? Is it going to be Eaton? Ooh, um, probably Eaton, because he'll be going after more shit. Okay. I don't know what the I don't know what the number of instances is and how because that will be affected by uh, how much he gets injured doing those things. <laughs> Very true. Very true. And you'll, but, uh, you'll, you'll more, yeah, it, it, in the outfield, I mean, I, obviously, Evoy is Evoy. We've seen that, you know, a couple of times, actually, more than a couple of times uh, over the past couple of years. But um, with Eaton, you also get stuff uh, at the plate and uh, on the base paths, too, that make him more prone. So that's, that's also injury concerns there, whereas Eloy pretty much knows, knows his, uh, you know, 
his fit on the base paths. Does this fall for you as a that so White Sox signing, Johnny? Because that oh you know, yeah, there's there's just the, the history term. alone makes it that the history alone makes it that absolutely. Yeah, I think there's one term that we haven't used, and this is a that so White Sox signing. Yeah, it it absolutely is that. Um, plus the you know just like the trend, it'd be different if Adam Eaton was like lighting the world on fire and uh, it you know upticked production since leaving the White Sox. Um, that might make this thing a little different, not as White Sox of it, but in the way that we describe it, I would definitely uh, go and label this one that's so White Sox. Um, I do like I said, a lot of this has kind of been just my feelings about you know Adam Eaton in general, and then just concerns about him. But I will say, um, and this isn't a reason a justification for why you should be playing right field for the 2021 Chicago White Sox. But if you look at it from the trade returns, Adam Eaton helped land both Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn through the transitive property. Correct. Correct. He did. He's a big part of this team. Yeah. I mean, even if he wasn't on this team, he'd be a big part of this team. He's a big part of this team and he still is. And I'll just meatball take of the day right here. Adam Eaton has the winning hit in the World Series for the White Sox. Ooh, there you go. That's a good meatball take. I mean, I I don't really have too much more to follow up on uh, Adam Eaton specifically here. Kind of made my feelings known uh, there. So let's move into fun stuff. I like what you started there. Meatball take. Um, yeah, mine. Sure, I'll go. Uh, and I'll go against you. I'll get all, all in on it. Uh, Lance Lynn will be the best pitcher on the White Sox in 2021. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a big Lance Lynn guy. I think you've been you've been in and around the Lance Lynn acquisition since it started rumbling. Uh, during the uh, during the trade deadline last year, and I, I know I know you're a Cardinals guy, so you've got to be happy with this one. Yeah, I I, I do. I, I like him, and then also, I mean, the optics on him, man. He he's he's a big boy. Uh, he's got that beard. Um, the, first of all, let's get into on from for some fun stuff here. The White Sox have some of the best beards, uh, best pitching beards in the game right now. Yes, they I mean, do. There's like fear the beard shirts. I mean, that, that just like writes itself there. Um, between I'll start work, we'll Wilson. start working on those. We'll start working on those as soon as this podcast's over. I love it. Fear the beard just right on the front. You could get the Lance Lynn version or you can get the Dallas Keuchel version. And if you're really special, you could get the buzz on tap version. Fear yeah, that's right. Yeah. What, what, what was your tweet that you put out yesterday? Well, I said, you know, now we've got a competition for best beard in Chicago. I mean, you, you already had two very impressive beards on the South side with buzz and, and Dallas Keuchel. And I think both those guys know how to rock it, but you, you bring Lance Lynn into the equation. And I mean, let's just talk unkempt for a second. Like this guy doesn't give a fuck, you know? And I think that that's scary when there's somebody on the mound that just lets their facial hair grow to the extent that like a Dallas Keuchel or a Lance Lynn, you know that you're dealing with a bad motherfucker. They're going to come up inside on you. They're going to fool you. And half the time, you're just sitting there in the batter's box, and you're like, how the fuck, why can't I grow a beard like that? You yeah. know, you, you know the, the, the only thing that would complete this is acquiring Charlie Blackman. <laughs> yes. I love Charlie Blackman. I, w- I would love that acquisition. You know, have him play right field and, and pay Adam Eaton to sit, you know, somewhere in the stadium, collect his money, he could pay his mortgage. Everything's happy. And, you know, he can come in and hit that, you know, game winning hit in the in the World Series for me and, and everything will be fine. And we'll have the best beards everywhere. And yeah. I think that that would just be cool and tough. I don't I don't. What's with Jerry right now acquiring all these bearded dudes? Like, doesn't that fly in the face of like Jerry Reinsdorf? Yeah. I, like, 
I, I saw someone like that was I think it was Jordan Miller that was in our replies saying that um well oh like that's until they like we said something about oh it was to your it reply to your tweet about the beard competition and then he had said until Jerry makes him shave it and it's like well they let Dallas Keuchel roll with it last year and yeah, Jell- Jolito Jell- was wasn't clean shaven like they had plenty no Marmazara I mean Jose Abreu had the the band on the the goat so like, I mean. Wait a second, Jose Abreu is basically a pirate at this fucking point in time. So maybe <laughs> the standards have gone out the window. Winning cures everything. I, you know, I think it'd be really cool if every player next year tried to grow the most facial hair, and this team was just all bearded. It would be awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what uh, kind of returns Nick Madrigal and Garrett Crochet put up. I think that'd be hilarious. It would be. It would be. <laughs> Bring playoff beards to baseball, please. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's a good one here. I like that. Um, but as for, uh, let's see, you had another one. Oh, give us give us a take on uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Adam Eaton, because that's a good meatball take here to uh, throw in the fun stuff section. Oh, yeah. If Jerry Reinsdorf so cheap, why is he helping Adam Eaton pay his mortgage? That, 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 to me, right there, just, you know, flies in the face again of everything that Jerry Reinsdorf stands for. That's all I'm getting out of this offseason right now, Johnny is that Jerry's a changed man. You know, he's so generous. And you know, the, the thing about this is like, you point to examples like that. And then in a roundabout way, they're also the still same old like shit. Like that's yeah. Jerry just wanting to bring on a friend, like and right or wrong from, you know, decades ago in the Larusa hire. And then, you know, the, 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 there's both sides of the coin. So it's just so weird. Well, you know, Adam Eaton saw the news bit that Jerry was getting $30 million from the NBA and asked for some for some help. Right. That, Ooh, that's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's how that's where that came from. Hey, Jerry, I know you just got an extra 30. I'm, I'm feeling a pinch, man. Can you help me out? And the best Jerry could do was seven. Yeah, I, I like Buzz's take. Um, Buzz put out the quote tweet, and when the Bulls, uh, you know, that's what you're referring to is the NBA teams are all getting $30 million, uh, in cash to help, you know, uh, protect against the, uh, the detriment that COVID-19 uh, league this year. Um, and Buzz quote tweeted that, and he said, well, you know, the Bulls roster is all filled out. They don't need it. Go and allocate that towards George Springer or something. I think that's what he said. Um, but, you know. Uh, I, I thought that was a good uh, meatball take as well. Uh, I, I like that one. Um, but, you know, it's <laughs> this is where we're at. Um, it's interesting. I love the Lynn deal uh, in summary, and I am underwhelmed uh, by the Eaton signing. So um, I, I don't know if you have any final thoughts uh, before we get to shout outs and close this thing out. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, just the last thing that I want to bring up was uh, our guy, Billy Raffeld, um, brought something up on Twitter. That was Oscar Colas in a White Sox shirt um, mm-hmm. on, uh, on an Instagram story. Uh, that would make some sense uh, with the Adam Eaton deal if you do, in fact, sign him, uh, because they would obviously view him as uh, their right fielder, potentially Maybe a September call-up type thing this year going into next year. Maybe able to break in. I don't exactly know where he's at with his development, but he would obviously be the prime candidate to be the White Sox right fielder for a long time. But we all know he was borrowing that shirt from Manny Machado, and that ain't fucking happening. So that's where I leave that. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked your take on that one. Yeah, that was, that was interesting with Colas, um, you know, because that that whole signing period got all screwed up because it was supposed to be um, what they had. Was it Norje Vera, uh, the other one, the yes. pitcher that they had the deal in 
essentially in place with whatever reportedly in place with and we'll go by terminology there um and then that was you know what last winter was supposed to come to fruition when the signing period opened in uh july i believe it was of this past year but obviously that all got thrown out the window uh because of covid so everything's delayed there but uh yeah there is that interest in uh colas like you had mentioned um uh, be interesting to see if that's their long-term plan. I, I've said it uh, that I, I want right field addressed properly. Uh, I don't know if that's properly right now. And obviously that's years off when you're talking about him being a mainstay um, at that spot. So obviously I would have liked Springer. That would have just solved a lot of problems here, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. So I didn't get up for the letdown, Tony. Uh, there you go. Negative Nani <laughs> in true fashion right there. Yeah. We're um, in season form right now. We are. I mean, well, it's, Tony, it's nice that we actually have stuff to talk about. You had brought it up at the beginning here, but before you and I were kind of texting back and forth and it was like, you're like, oh, I finally got the itch to like record again. And I was just like, yeah, I could jump on with you, but I don't have anything to say right now. This is before obviously all of this stuff happened. So Yeah, exactly. That's why I said, you know, I'm feeling good because we've got something to talk about. The, the hot stove is finally somewhat hot. Uh, and at least the White Sox are doing some things. I know we just had our reservations about the whole Adam Eaton thing, but, um, you know, at least it's something. They're they're making some moves. There's there's fluidity. There's definitely rumors, things that can pique your interest, um, and just stuff to talk about. And, you know, it, we're not going to get a move every day. I know we've gotten one in the past two days, and if the Sox don't make a move tomorrow, it's going to feel a little, a little weird. Uh <laughs> Because, you know, it, it's just nice when things happen, uh, good or bad, because it, it, it sparks some conversation and it's always good and healthy to talk about. Yeah, uh, definitely, Tony. I think that is the bottom line here. It is good to be back uh, talking White Sox baseball and uh, impactful, you know, things that will impact this uh, team on the field. Um, I cannot wait until spring. I uh, can't wait until that rolls around and we are, uh, you know, back there. Um, so that's uh, about all I've got uh, for this one. You got a shout out for today? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to just shout out White Sox sale. I feel like I haven't heard much from him lately and, uh, hope he, hope he enjoys the show. Um, it'll be good when, uh, when we're recording every day and, and not even just White Sox sale, all the people who normally correspond with us, uh, Jordan Miller, I can, I can throw out a ton of names, but just, uh, everybody who, uh, frequently interacts with the show, I've missed you guys. I know I haven't been, uh, tweeting as much there's there's not like johnny said there's not been as much news or things to talk about um and there's a lot going on here um so uh miss all you hope you enjoy the show hope you all have uh, had a good thanksgiving uh, and we'll have good holidays as well i don't know when the next time we're going to be back on the mic is uh but uh like like we always are if there's white Sox news you'll be hearing from us yep yeah, absolutely tony mine will be um iowa zach and the whole iowa crew um they had me on as a guest last week uh, i got i was talking some illinois football and we sprinkled in some white Sox talk uh that was on the day of the non-tender deadline there so we talked a little bit about it there um so just thanks to having the those guys for having me on uh, it was a blast uh having some beers and talking some uh you know baseball and then we were talking some college football and uh, just miscellaneous stuff uh, i felt like we were back in lot b but we were over a zoom call so you know that's what it is in 2020 so um that, that's my shout out uh, i was zach in the i want boys so um, appreciate them and uh that's about all i've got for this one uh you, this is socks on tap make sure 
you go and follow us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and at OnTap Sportsnet. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and yeah, uh, if you stay up to date on all the news, obviously we're going to bring it in podcast form, but over at OnTapSportsnet.com, uh, not just the White Sox, Bulls, Bears, Cubs, uh, Blackhawks, uh, gambling, college football, you name it, we got it there. So, um, Tony, let's close this thing out the only way we know how. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.